Welcome to the Football Fill-In, everybody. Today, I am joined by former England and Premier League defender Phil Jagielka, alongside Paul Robinson and Mark Goldbridge. We dissect that Carabao Cup final where Jurgen Klopp's kids gave Chelsea the billionaire blues. We also spoke about Arsenal smacking Newcastle for four and whether Eddie Howe it should just be a little bit worried, just a little bit. Manchester United up and down as usual. And of course, to finish it all, the world-class football filling quiz. Let's go. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad, too, so let's get right to it. The new Moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money Maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Right then, lads, welcome to the show. Um, we got to start with the Carabao Cup final yesterday. I know we all watched it. It was good. It was enjoyable. Um, and the biggest quote after the game came from the main man, Gary Neville himself, saying that Klopp's kids beat Chelsea's billion-dollar bottle jobs. Is that how you saw it, Big Phil Jadel? <laughs> Unfortunately, that, that was the story today. Um, Liverpool team massively, you know, missing some massive players. Probably the underdogs for once. Uh just couldn't couldn't um, get the players fit, and the Chelsea players on a little bit of form couldn't get the job done, and the head title the, the title itself speaks for itself. What was the big thing missing from Chelsea yesterday? It's what's been missing all season. Just like they just can't find any consistency. Yeah. They, they play well for five or ten minutes in a game, or they they don't play well. Um, there were some good chances. Look, the goalkeeper made some outstanding yeah, saves. He did, yeah. um, in big moments, they hit the post. So. It's not all doom and gloom, but the fact of the matter is it's a cup final. You've got to get that goal, you've got to win, and, and unfortunately for them, they lost in the last couple of minutes. Do you, do you know, I think my big theory on what happened yesterday was that Liverpool had leaders throughout that team, really experienced, kind of good, solid lads, good leaders, whereas Chelsea didn't have too many of them. I think Chelsea had got some real quality players, lovely, but they're all kind of young lads. And I think when that pressure really starts to hit you, especially on the pitch on a Wembley on a Sunday afternoon, you know there's going to be half a billion odd people watching you. I think that just gets in your head a little bit. Well, I think they were used to it. I think there's, like I said, a spine of the team, even though Calais is obviously second choice. He's played in cup finals. He's, he's, well, he scored the winning pen the last time yeah. they were there. And I think it showed it's a new team, Chelsea, and not a lot of the Chelsea boys would have experienced that sort of an occasion. Mm. Now, they've been bought for a lot of money, but that doesn't automatically mean you're ready for those occasions. And... I'm sure the Chelsea fans will be hoping that this will stand them in good stead for the for the years to come. But I'm also pretty sure they were desperate to, to win the first trophy in a little while. What I want to ask all three of you as ex-players, right? So I'm watching the game, 10 minutes to go, all these kids come on. And Chelsea had the momentum. And I'm like, Liverpool are going to have to survive extra time. And then in extra time, Liverpool have got the momentum. So if Pochettino has actually said, 
we're going for penalties. At what point does professionalism of a player go, we can beat this lot and they go on the front foot? Because Chelsea just seemed to me to sit there and let Liverpool attack them. And yet we're all, we all know the, the quality of players that they've got they should have been more on the front I, foot. I found that bonkers. I like I heard Pochettino say afterwards that he thought that we were in a good moment. Penalties would have been a good moment for them. Yeah. I'm thinking, what on earth are you on about here? By the way, the the average ages of both teams, I think Liverpool's was 24. Now Liverpool's was younger in stoppage time. I thought it, it was Chelsea. Uh, no, Chelsea was younger, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Chelsea's yeah. was 22, Liverpool's was 24. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, when you're getting to the dying moments of games, especially extra time, that's when the pressure really comes on, isn't it? That's where you need your solid heads. And there's no surprise that big Virgil van Dijk is the one that scores the winning goal. Um, but yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't like it one little bit that he almost goes, right, let's just get to penalties. Let's just get to penalties. That's, that's not no way to approach it, is it, surely? I think what you've got there as well, what we've got to look at, is that Klopp's, he's created an atmosphere there over the numerous years and he's a big believer in the kids, yeah. which is which is great credit to him because yeah. it's a cup final. It was good what to see, was What it? manager sometimes yeah. will throw all them kids in at the deep end and yeah. go, go on then, let's see what you're all about. But he's got a big trust and belief in them. But he's created that over numerous years. Whereas you look at Pochettino, He's come into a Chelsea squad that's just been put together in a January window, hasn't he? Where they've just thrown ridiculous amounts of money and he probably doesn't even know his best team. Yeah. But that comment at the end there saying that his players were looking forward to penalties, I think that's just a lame excuse. I think you're professional players. Like you, you, you you're see programmed, all, aren't you? You see all those Liverpool youngsters coming on, right? Do you know what I really loved about every one of them is everyone you could tell... Liverpool was in their heart. No fear, you could. They, no, they fear. no fear. No fear. Well, that's well. Same again. They had no price tag. They're yeah. playing. Some of them were local. Some of them have been through. But they'd have been training with the first team for for the last two or three months anyway. The, the squad's been quite thin yeah. for Liverpool. They'd come on the previous game and they'd have felt at home. They felt like they deserved to be there. Mm. And that was a big difference. They came on with absolutely nothing to fear. Greatest moment of your career. Yeah. And. Made probably rose made Liverpool rise that extra gear, and Chelsea did not know what to do with them. They must have been thinking, "Wow, who, who's coming on? What's going on?" Do you know, like the game's done, yeah. and it flipped reversed, and it was like, "Hang on, we're now defending against well Liverpool's under twenty ones." It was it was like a weird situation, <laughs> it was, wasn't it? and you think to yourself, "That's when recruitment becomes really important." And I think you can see what Chelsea have done. They've bought what they see as the next generational talent. Yeah. It's Chelsea Football Club. You're not you're not trying to build a squad for five years' time. Yeah. You build a squad for now with people that can take you to where you need to be in five years' time. This, this so is... the 28-year-olds, 27-year-olds, 29-year-olds that they were rumoured not to want because they didn't fit their transfer policy is ludicrous. Go and buy someone that's paid 50, 500 games in the Premier League. It's going to win you games. games. It's won 12 trophies. Don't go and buy... OK, maybe not go and buy a 35-year-old who's not who's at the end, yeah. end of the spectrum, but there's a certain element of yeah. fit footballers between 28 and 30 that you could have bought that I think would probably have got Chelsea a trophy this season. I, I think Chelsea have done all of this transfer business, spent all this money, and it's almost like they can still just keep falling back on this excuse of... Yeah, but we're just a young team. We're just a young team. I'm thinking, do you know that you have to win games, though, yeah? Do you know you ha that's the most important thing, is winning games? And it's great having a young team, and in the future, sure, they might, they might progress and start winning things again. But the here and now, the reason why they didn't win that cup final yesterday is because they didn't have enough experience, enough leaders, enough people who've been there before that really, when the pressure hits, go, yeah, boom, I'm going to dig in for you here. Like. I think it's an incredible thing that Liverpool did, and you can't take anything away from it, but I think it's a good point that Chelsea's just shown their vulnerability there because if that was Man City or Arsenal and he took brought them kids on, they don't win that game. 
they don't win that game. Man yeah. City and Arsenal would would take them apart with experience and 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 the coach. They would deal with that. I was. I thought it was incredible what Liverpool did, but I also thought it was incredible that Chelsea capitulated to a team like that. And you don't want to be disrespectful to Liverpool because they were brilliant. But Chelsea, I mean, surely in the dressing room and, and this morning, you've got to be waking up going, what a missed opportunity miss that, isn't that it? was. Yeah. Um, talk about the goalie quickly. Bit of goalie love, please, if we can, lads. <laughs> Bit of goalie love. Two, two sort of massive centre-backs when you've got a goalkeeper behind you. How, how nice is that, seeing him making saves? And his calmness as well, do you know what I mean? He's not the first-choice goalie, but whenever, he, whenever I watch him play, I think, you're, you're made for this, mate. You're made. I've seen an interview beforehand, and he was talking about his role and his, you know, he's obviously fortunate that Alisson's had a, a, a couple of injuries recently, so he's got to play, you know, your match sharpness, yeah, your yeah. fitness. Because sometimes it's difficult, as it's a hard position on the pitch just to come in from, from cold. So for him, he's been fortunate. He's had a little bit of a pre-season, if you like. Yeah, yeah, right, game, yeah. So I'm not this the Premier League, but he's a little bit of pre-season going into the cup final. And it showed. He came out, he smothered the ball, he made the, the save we talked about. Moment, and yeah. That's what it is. That's yeah. what a cup final is. It's yeah. not... It's not making a worldy save and then and then not communicating, not coming for a cross. It's, he literally had pretty much a perfect game. I think yeah. he threw one out towards the end when he shouldn't have done that. I think that was probably the only thing he did wrong. He didn't get man of the match here, by the way, did he? I think was no, it Van Dijk who got man of the match? Red it's Dijk, a disgrace, yeah. mate. Yeah, it's an absolute. Well, yeah. yeah. I don't care, mate. All right, he wouldn't have got no end. So he should have come up. He should have come up, shouldn't he? He should have come up for the header. Yeah, and scored it. Scored, and then he'd have definitely got man of the match. But it helps, is not it, a goalkeeper when you have got a Van Dijk in front of you, the captain? But he cleared everything up, even the balls over the top. Van Dijk trusted his goalkeeper yeah, was going to be yeah. there, and he was, Keller. Every time the ball went over, a little bit of danger, he just snuffed it out and cleared his lines. I thought he was excellent. Uh, we're going to talk about Man United in a minute, Mark. Um, but before we do move on, and I know this probably pains you to a- a- answer this question, are Liverpool going to do a quadruple uh, and give Klopp the, the send-off he deserves this year? I'll let you two answer this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, no, hey, I'm not committed to none of that, no. <laughs> Matt, Still can't think? believe you've got this on next year. <laughs> uh, um, uh, well, I don't know. It depends how good the under-16s are, innit? Because he's, he's running out of players. Yeah. That's going to be the problem. No, I don't think they will. And I think it's about the league, isn't it? Um, I actually think some of the subs he made yesterday was more about, like, you know, he took McAllister off, Robertson off. And I don't think he really thought that... I think he was thinking, like, Games ahead, I think. He's thinking, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't. I think if that was a cup game, if that was a league game against Man City, I don't think he takes Robertson and those people off really. Uh, do you think they're winning I think the league? I think he's got. I think it. I, th- I think that. I think, well, we're going to talk about Arsenal. Arsenal. Are so uh, yeah. it's a really good league race at the moment. I hope Man City don't win it and Liverpool don't win it and Arsenal don't win it. Anybody I'll, pick else, Ars- yeah. I'll pick Arsenal. Are really good at the moment. Yeah, Arsenal are flying at the moment, and we're going to talk about them in a bit. But yeah, I think like you say, it'd be nice, wouldn't it, for Klopp yeah. to to win everything for his last season and. Like you say, I think for the kids as well, it's great experience for them that he's he's showing them belief in what yeah. they're doing. So, yeah, I, I think, yeah, if they can win everything just for him, it'd be amazing. I know that makes you sick to think about that, but this is what Jurgen Klopp's done, though. This is like, this is the, the power of the man. It, but it's going to be hard now, isn't it? The next manager that goes in there now, it's, it's going to be best. tough. But he's but he has he's put them in a, a position now where whoever does come in has got a great like structure and foundation. Uh, it, honestly, to build on. if I was Xabi Alonso, I ain't taking that job. I ain't doing it. But I think this is, it's a nice touchy to leave it there. A lot of, a yeah. lot of managers have, have done, done their legacy, got eked all they can out yeah, of it yeah. and gone, thank you, see you later. Yeah. And it's like, deal with what I've left you. Yeah. Whereas now, I'm not saying Liverpool in the best position they've ever been in their, life, in, in, in their lives, but someone's going to get a very good squad. Yeah. But the only bad side of that is all the best living up to what obviously yeah. the guy before you's done. But when someone's done such a good job, it's always going to be a difficult one for the next one. Do, do you think... Um, I heard this the other day actually do you think Liverpool under Klopp are overachieving 
like if, when you think about Man City and you think about you know the money that's, yeah, that even chance. Chelsea've yeah, got, yeah. then is the new manager's biggest problem going to be the fact that they, he has laid a good foundation? But I look at Liverpool and you look at the Carabao Cup. I think he's probably overachieving. I don't think they really should. I, I don't, I don't think they they've got necessarily the the best players as what Man City and maybe even Arsenal. Maybe, but what they have got is the mentality of it. I think what, I think Klopp, so what rubs much. off on them so much more is that Jurgen Klopp mentality of, no, we're just going to keep going, we're going to keep going, we'll give you that intensity and that fight, and that's the bit that is the most important bit, that bit between your ears. Well, I think even the financial well, difference between, mm. what well, you want to say, the top two or top three, Liverpool aren't quite there at the moment, are they? Mm. Obviously, they've, they've rebuilt the stadium and they'll hope to, to get some more money back from that, but that's where they potentially are going to fall behind. Yeah, And like you say... Jürgen's managed to sort of bridge that gap with his enthusiasm, shall we yeah, like, or his, yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his general ability of being a good man manager. Yeah. And like you say, the next person that comes in will have to buy good players, but that well, doesn't Chelsea have bought some good players or whatever, but it doesn't guarantee you yeah, getting points. Whereas it's going to be a really, really tough job when, when whoever comes in next, no matter how good a coach or manager whoever wants to be called, uh, comes in. All right. Um... Man United, Mark, you, I have to come to you, mate. I have to come to you. Um, this, result, this, this result didn't surprise me. I don't even know if it surprised you, to be honest. You were doing the watch-along for it. How did you see it? I've I got to be honest. I think this result uh, said to the wife on Saturday night, she was like, going down the pub, I said yes, and then didn't really talk. And she's like, what's like you? Not like this. And I said, I've got to be honest, this one, I'm normally all right. I can normally just get on with it. I couldn't. I was really pissed off with that. I really was. Um, I think it's because we'd won four and there'd been real unity and I think that team doesn't have that normally. And then Fulham, like they were second bottom of the league for, for, for away wins and they played us off the park. Yeah. And, and I, just, I don't get that. I mean, I was asking you when we did the thing for United stands, so I'm going to ask uh, these two as well. How are you in a team that is winning four games in a row like that and then you turn up at home and I knew from the first five minutes and so many United fans will know this as well, they just weren't up for it. They, they weren't up for it. And I, and I just don't get it. And, and it just seems to be a United problem that these players are just so inconsistent. And, you know, no disrespect to Luton or teams down the bottom, even the Sheffield Uniteds and the Burnleys, I don't think they're not up for it. They might just not be good enough for it. But United are good enough for it and they're just not up for where, it. Where does that come from, Robert? I think Hoyland was a big miss. Yeah, I do personally think he was a big miss because he's, he's been recently scoring a lot of goals. Yeah. He's now hitting a little bit of form of what people... Are expecting to see from him. So you take that person out of your team now yeah. who's scoring goals. The way he presses. The as way well. he presses yeah. and like you say as a team when that when the front man does the press, the whole team then knows where they're going. Mm. And I think when you're taking that out and you and you're trying to find a solution or an answer to doing it, it becomes a little bit more difficult. So man, you were just at the back though. They, for me they're 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 weak. Yeah. I think they're weak at the back yeah. with what they are. They're defensively soft. Not like the Man United teams that we've seen over the years where they got that strong, that, that physical presence about them. They just looked like a soft touch. And Fulham are a good team. I think that, like we showed disrespect to Fulham a little bit sometimes, but on their day, when they play football, they, yeah, they cause a lot of teams a lot of problems with how they play. Um, Man United definitely in the kind of fortress it used to be, Phil. Um, but what is that like when you're playing in a game and you know them front men who are supposed to be doing that pressing job, but you know really they're not doing that pressing job? You know, before when you saw the team, the way it was going to come, because obviously Hoyland wasn't available, there was talk about even playing McTominay up yeah. the, as, a, as a striker. And for me, just to I, work, I, I, just I, to work. I, I would have given it. I see, say now, I'd have potentially given it a chance. Yeah, he's he's a big lad. Yeah, 
He'll work his socks off, and he'll he will he will do a not too dissimilar job. Yeah, I'm not. Do you know? Yeah, I know. He's you know, the top goal scorer, anyway. Isn't he? <laughs> yeah. well, he was a top yeah. goal scorer. Yeah. Um, and it, and it would have left everyone else in position. Do you know the ones that supposedly yeah, changed the whole the fluidity? Three, didn't yeah. It? But when you speak about how excited or how how happy you were that Man U had won four games on the spin, for me, growing up in Manchester, it's it's a little bit embarrassing. Right, lads, I've got something to show you. Um, so, have you seen this clip yet? Yeah. Bruno Fernandes. Have a look at this, boys. Definitely right? injured. Has a, have a look at I've this. There's it. two proper solid centre-backs. Lads, that get up when you've been hit and it's not the end of the world and you just carry on and you move on, right? Have a look at this. Bruno Fernandes. Tries to get a shot off. Pretends that he's been kicked. Look at this. Look at the theatrics. Could have been killed, Ben. Come on. Look at the theatrics. But just look after. Oh, he's in a bad way. Oh, he must be. He's in a bad way here. Oh, he's up. He's up. Breath. Wants the ball. What on earth is going on here, mate? What is going on it's here, not mate? It's not the first time we've seen it, is it? Can you imagine? But, the, the, but do you know what, though? He's the captain of Man United football That's what I'm club. saying. Can so you imagine? Your, your example, the, what you're setting there, is it, that's embarrassing for me. <laughs> embarrassing? It. It's embarrassing. And like, you, you, imagine someone like Roy Keane watching that. Oh, wow. He's been captain of Man United. He'd be raging. In the dressing room, you'd be raging. You'd be, what are you doing? Everybody would be raging. You'd be raging if it was on your <laughs> team, wouldn't you? But it, it, it goes to the whole point of where man you are like so when he came in he he was idolized he was he's probably the best signing that had been made in yeah, the league he won about yeah, five sure. player of the months in a season yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. when he wasn't captain when he did his thing i didn't see that when he came no, in. i didn't no see chance. that yeah and then I, I don't know what's changed over the course of the last two years but now he'd be one of the most hated man you players there <laughs> yeah. and i'm not even just divisive, saying divisive divisive yeah, okay, figures okay, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm not talking about away fans. I'm talking probably about home fans yeah, as well. So he's that, gone yeah. from literally, yeah. he's gone from like hero to zero. Mm. His football's not been as good, but his mannerisms and how he's gone, he's, he's that person you do like to not like. Yeah, so when you I, watch I it, know what you mean. And yeah. like you see yeah. that and you laugh and you're waiting for those like gifts and all the, the stuff to come out. And I don't understand what's gone on because for me, he, he was amazing when he came. Yeah. He, he scored goals, assisted, did everything. And now things have not gone great. He's now turned into a pantomime villain. Is, is, is the, you were a captain, weren't you? Uh-huh. Were you a captain? Yeah. Is the captain... Well, look, you make a good point. Harry Maguire is much better without the captaincy this season. Yeah. Rooney, I think, fell off when he became captain. Bruno's fell off as captain. Is there something in that? Is there something it's about... Is there it? something about being a captain? <laughs> Rio Ferdinand said it in an interview a few months ago. He said, he said about the, being captain of Manchester United, it's massive. He said yeah. the pressure that comes with it is massive. And he said and he knows players that have turned it down because they don't want that pressure. I think I think where captain is, obviously, is a massive honour and a privilege, and it's sort of like a, a well done, and it, it shows your stature at a club. But normally, you only talk about the captains when things are going bad. Yeah. You never... OK, every so often, you might say, great leader, and he's taking... Uh, like we speak about Van Dijk, yeah. captain, obviously, scored the winning goal. That, that shows an example. But normally, when a club's not doing well, the captain's a guy that's got to go and do the, the interviews, the captain's a mm. guy that got to get hold of a, a person who's not doing the right job. So his role on a day-to-day and a, and a game-to-game basis when you're doing well is pretty simple and smooth. But that, that spotlight, it's not only a spotlight, it's about 10 spotlights hit you when things start going bad. And like you say, better players or really good players prefer to just go and Freedom. deal with their, their job. And they can still be leaders, yeah. so they're still doing the same jobs. They're not hiding on the pitch. They just don't want the added extra of... Doing that, that as well. That finger point yeah, and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you've got a good squad, I spoke to you before about Manuel, I don't feel they're a team. 
a team would get around these issues and even take the mic or say, look, this can't happen or whatever. But I think, I don't think that's even been mentioned in the I team. bet you, I bet you that's not been spoken so, about you know, and, at all. And not, not just because it's the captain, but from any sort of player, I just don't think there's a there's an element of look like this is this is this is about bad image. This is this is not good for us. Like mm. we need we need to prove we are. So, well, man, you're supposed to be better than everyone else. Not you know not not an also run. Okay, that's where they are at the moment. But you've got to set those standards. And for me, the captain can't. I know what type of player is, but the captain can't do that. That. But well, when you were there, you told me that story about you know someone had left a bib out. Yeah. And they walked in, and it's, it was like gigs and Neville and all that lot. United have only, I mean, if Bruno's not a captain, there's no, there's not another captain in there. So, you know, you, you need other leaders as well, don't you? Otherwise, you're even more isolated. You know, the prime example of this for me, Liverpool, four or five years ago, you got Jordan Henderson and you got James Milner, yeah? Them two are captains of Liverpool FC and they run it. But do you know the beauty of why they are captains and why they're so effective as well? They're not the most technically gifted players in the world. Their job is to graft and to grit and to get in between and get in amongst and split stuff and disrupt stuff, right? So that they can focus on a Saturday afternoon of marshalling people, pointing people, talking to people, making sure standards are rock art, like really, really high. Man United have got none of them players, have they? But on the back of that as well, you've got people like Van Dyke's best defender in the world at this time, yeah. before he does his knee. Trent's yeah. top assist. Yeah. So these lads, like you say, are technically mm. worth more to Liverpool than, no respect to Millie or, or, yeah. or, or Hendo. Better players. Alison, but they're not getting the pressure or the issues. Let them flourish. Let them flourish. And now, yeah. now obviously, yeah. the, the, guard, the change in the guards happened. Now they're the captain and vice captain. Yeah. But you can see it's now their role to be a well, role, role model to show how to, to put that out on the pitch and, and show everyone else. Yeah. So yeah. three or four years more time, there's going to be another couple of next captains or next generation leaders that are going to come through. And I'd imagine they'll do it the right way. Whereas Man U, if... If it was Maguire, who was Maguire's vice captain before Fernandez? Probably Bruno, yeah, I think it was before, Bruno. Before, yeah, before yeah, yeah. Bruno, Three vice captain now is probably Varane who's on his way out. So what I'm saying, you've not got someone who's got anything to do with Liverpool, uh, uh, Man U that have been there, that, that know what Man U want and what they need and what the fans expect, whereas it's like a development. It's almost like the, the youth team yeah. to, to, to reserve to first team. You're almost doing that with mm. your leaders slap captains yeah. of the future. But, Unless you get a captain that comes in from another club, if you naturally get a captain that you've bought... I presume he'd, he'd take over. Yeah, but, if but that's not, why you have your leadership groups. Yeah, leadership groups so you look exactly, at your, yeah. you look at your Man City's, your Arsenal's now, with where they're going and how they're doing it. Your Liverpool's, they've got a collective group. Yeah, yeah, they've yeah. got a togetherness. Five or six players. They've got a togetherness. Yeah, they, they have their rules and they said it, it. There's boundaries, fellas. We don't cross the boundaries yeah. at Man United. It just looks like there's, at the moment there's no boundaries. It's, it's very split. It's like you've got your Rashfords, yeah, you've got yeah. your Anthony's, you've got yeah. your Bruno's doing clicks. that. It, and it's and just I know everyone's in. And it's look, it just looks like everyone's in for their own little thing, but they're not focusing on, this is Man United, this is what we do, and there's their four or five people behind grabbing that and get it together and going, no, this is how we do things at Man United. There's not that there at the moment, is there? And I'm sure they probably get on OK. I bet, I, yeah. bet, I bet, I'm not saying you're going into the changing room and like, I'm refusing to speak to you, I won't sit next to you. I bet they're all OK, but that's not what makes a... Mm. Championship challenging team. It's okay. Is never good enough yeah, for that level. You, you, it's not a band of brothers, but it needs to be. When you're on the pitch, you need you need to know roughly what everyone's going to be doing and everyone's going to be thinking. It's not. Oh, here we go again. He's been flicked on his ear. He's going to spend oh. next thirty and seconds. And you can visibly see that's not the case. Like you watch the game on Saturday, you can see it. Bruno's pass and other players going like this. You know, they're not in, on the same wavelength. So you you'd be right in the dressing room. It's not. It's not what Fulham have got. It's not got Fulham's got. It's not what Liverpool's got.
Laz, this is world class, by the way. Thank you. I really appreciate this today. This is lovely. Um, right, let's um, let's look at somebody who, who are a team and they are unified and they are on fire at this minute in time. Arsenal, um, fresh off the back of batter in Newcastle. They've scored about 50 goals in the last three weeks. Um, must be a good time to be an Arsenal fan, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I think we spoke about it a few weeks ago, didn't we? They, they looked tired at Christmas and that little break they had, well, everyone had it and then they got knocked out by Liverpool in the Cup and I think they've got another eight days now so they keep getting these little breaks. I know they lost in the Champions League but I think they just went there tactically not to get beat and obviously conceded a late goal, they'll be fine. But in the Premier League, uh, I mean, they were, just, they're just, they were so much better than Newcastle and I looked at Newcastle's lineup and they've, they've got Joel Linton missing. I think that's it and most of them are back now and... They're just head and shoulders above Newcastle and I thought that the way they're playing as well, it amazes me some of their fans still question Arteta. I think what he's done there over the last three or four years is amazing. Um, what he did with the goalkeeper, I know you disagreed with it, but it's worked. Yeah. You know, it, it works with Raya. Um, ben White's not really a right back, is he? He works really well there. Still don't really have a recognised striker, but he puts Havertz up there. Saka's unbelievable. Declan Rice has just been... I mean, I don't, for £100 million, is there a player out there that's, you know not got any stick for being £100 million. He's, yeah. just, he's just gone in there perfectly. I think the only thing about Arsenal that worries me is that if they did lose a Rice or a Saka or a Saliba, they really don't have anything else. But at the moment, I mean, they're banging a title race. Absolutely magnificent. It's, it literally is just all positives, isn't it? Yeah, Bob? when you look at them from the word go, I think against a team like Newcastle, with what we're expecting from them with Eddie Howe, they were on the front foot. Straight away Arsenal, in their faces, yeah. putting them under pressure. Newcastle would have gone there just to try and take the sting out of the game build their way into it because they do they get stronger as the game goes on Newcastle with the quality they've got but Arsenal were just at them like literally from the word go and they just had no answers Newcastle mm. and, and no what shot. I liked as well is Declan Rice played higher up yeah. with Jorginho come in he was good. so he was more controlling with his sitting position but then Declan went, I mean he getting shots off he's we could do it with Jorginho for England couldn't we if we had a Jorginho doing that for England that'd be lovely that, wouldn't it's, it it's just there's a little tweak isn't it it looks like you're playing still the same sort of formation yeah. but it does, the tweak's yeah. massive and played against Jorginho and if you let him dictate play, he will. Yeah. He won't give the ball away. He literally will lend it, will pay it, will pass. And they just the way Mikel's got his team going, he likes to build up a little bit of the passes so everyone can, because they don't play with a normal yeah, yeah. natural striker. Everyone's all over all the place. Over. And it just bides time for people to find pockets and, or to find awkward positions on the pitch. And it suits it well, especially at home. You know, It's like a bowling green, obviously, but playing, where, playing where, there. Where do feels, Newcastle go from here then? Because, like you say, there's not many injuries nowadays. For Newcastle, they haven't got that as an excuse. The momentum's, the momentum's gone, hasn't it? The momentum's gone. Where, why did it go though? Well, they've had a lot of injuries. They've had Europe. They've had they've had like a sidetrack of what. So last season it was pure about getting as high up the league as possible, yeah. qualify for Champions League. They've had some amazing nights, and it, and to be fair, they've unlucky in some some garbage decisions yeah, in there. So, and then they get injuries, and you can almost feel like this just deflated. The and wind not, gets it, taken yeah, out of the sails. Yeah, it's like, and it's like, well, we now they know they're not going to do as well as last year. They're probably not going to be in. Well, not going to be in Champions League. Mm. They might be able to push for a seventh position or whatever in the league. Nobody wants a seventh. Yeah. No, come yeah. on, be honest. Nobody yeah, wants still, a well, seventh you, well, you, position. You do, Europe, the club do because the club wants to get in Europe the next season. Yeah. But you know, it's coming back two weeks earlier. It, yeah. And that's the last thing they've had the longest season ever. That would anyway. ruin their next season. Yeah, though. yeah. That would Premier League season. It would ruin. The their only next the only good season. thing about not having a successful season and staying out of the European places because that's an unsuccessful yeah. season is you then should be able to take a nice big breath. Pre-season should be a little bit smooth, a little bit easier, and then you've got no extra games, and now you should no excuses for the season going forward. But you can't, you can have one-off, one-on, one-off, one-on. That's not what a successful 
Newcastle team needs to look like. Yeah. They need to Consistent. consistently build on it and find a way. For, did they need a bigger squad? Did they need a better squad? Possibly. But same again, they, they can't just go and buy. They can't, well, they can't do what Chelsea do because that's not guaranteed. Plus, I don't think they'll be able to do it with FFP or whatever anyway. So for them, it's finishing off the season. I don't say finishing off, there's still whatever, 12 games, whatever there's left. Positively looking for next season, a couple of additions. And I think, again, they have to then go for, well, like you say, for the football, the fourth spot, you know, the ones with Spurs, obviously Newcastle, yeah. you know, Man U, whatever they're going to go for. Teams are going to get stronger yeah. as well, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so but that's that's got to be their plan. And that's like you say, it's the, then the owners with the money they've got, do they make a change? Do they gamble with getting rid of Eddie Howe and look at it that way? Rename the stadium, rename the stadium, whatever they want, sponsor it at 600 mil or something, then they've got money to buy and they can buy whoever they want. All right then, well, my manager, Ten Hag's always in the media, always getting a load of shit. So why is Eddie Howe not getting it? And should he be under pressure considering he's lost more games than United? You know, he's getting stuffed by Arsenal. Done a great job there, but if Newcastle want to be up there... Is Eddie Howe the guy to do it? I think for now he is the guy to do it. I think he has to be the guy to do it for, for all the reasons what we've mentioned basically is I think last year overachieved probably. Um, they've got some very good players. This year they've been very unlucky with injuries. Injuries have absolutely killed them. And, and it is, it's hard when, when you have that wind taking out yourselves to actually pick it back up again and go, no lads, come on, let's go. But when you've got the momentum and you're winning games and everybody's fit and you're nicking games in last minutes, it just keeps rolling. It's a snowball effect. Mm. And I think at the minute, everything just seems to be going against them. And it's, and it's so hard to pick back up again. It's almost like they need to finish eighth this season, no European football, and then go next year, right, let's really trim this squad down to real quality, add some more quality, and next year attack it properly. It's Top his, four. It's his team, isn't it? Yeah. So I think, I think you'd be daft to sack him. Yeah, me too. Knowing it's too. his team, yeah, his squad too. he's built. Yeah. I also think he'll need a good season next season. Yeah, for sure. I think he'll probably be yeah. backed. They will get a few ins and outs, but I think the way it looks, if they keep hold of him, they'll say, look, like, now's your time to shine. You've if, had a great they... season, a steady away one. If they have a season next year like they've had this year... I can't see he's yeah, gone. Yeah. He'll be gone. Or will they, like you say now, they've got all their players back, see how they finish the season Possibly, with yeah. the momentum, and if it doesn't go as well as what they're expecting, yeah. then when they just go at the end of the season, just go, you've been brilliant for us, we're now moving on. Yeah. It's not that... the market to go for a new manager, though, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> not, not with not Liverpool, Bayern, them, yeah, yeah. Barcelona. There's not going to be that many managers out there, is there? Might um, take whilst we're yeah. talking about managers... Um, Mikel Arteta you played with Mikel yeah, Arteta Mickey, yeah 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 well, it, I can't believe well you can believe because fans are sometimes never happy are they yeah. for what he's done we talked about when obviously Arsene left a couple of managers have struggled since yeah. and even when Mikel came in I think it was a little bit of a um, of sort of a Hail Mary from, from the board to, yeah. to give him the job because he'd not had you know experienced it before but what he's done not only has he got Arsenal to the best finishes they've had for a long long time uh, in the Premier League, but he's he's sorted out that squad, mm. and he's got quite a young squad. He, yeah. He's he's gone shopping at a like I say he's not gone shopping at the over thirties yeah, market. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's bought talent for now and for the future, but he's been very clever in it. He's obviously, like I say, took his time with who he's got in, and he's generally got rid of the players he didn't want. He's yeah. made some big decisions over his time, yeah, yeah, good captains yeah, and stuff yeah. that he's got rid of. Yeah. So he's shown that he's he's prepared to do. You know, the good, the bad and the ugly. And for me, he's reaping the, reaping the rewards and the benefits. The only problem for him is there's two very good other clubs that are trying to compete. If, if they weren't as good as they were, let's be honest, in the last two or three years, they've been a standout two teams. It's a, bit like, it's a bit like Federer, Novak, Djokovic yeah. and uh, who was the other one? Yeah. Nadal. Nadal, Nadal, there you go, that's the one, yeah. yeah. And then Murray tried to break it. But then you look at it, it's, it's generationally what is 
what's the other teams you're competing with? And yeah. for, for Arsenal, I think many other seasons they would have potentially won a league. Yeah, for sure. But not even got close to those two because those well, two were. Was he always going to be a manager, Mikel? I think so. He had he had an element of him. He's obviously a captain and stuff. He was. I, I use the word selfish, but I don't mean it in a, in a bad way. Yeah. He just knew exactly what he needed and what he wanted. So there was an extra physio, extra sessions, sit out of a session and do whatever. He knew his body yeah, and he knew. Yeah, yeah. So he was very methodical in that way. And tactically, he was always good. He could play right midfield, left midfield, centre mid. And he knew the roles. And, and he knew it all. Yeah. And even in sessions when you'd be doing build-up play, you, you could see him asking questions or nearly asking questions by, you know, well, David Moyes was someone you could even speak to in all sorts and, and prodded and saying, you know, little tweaks. And that was as, as when he was still playing as a... 28, 29, 30-year-old obviously went to Arsenal yeah, yeah. and, and, and had, a, had a good bit from there. So you knew his intellect was always there and that's the way he's gone to be a manager slash coach because that's, I wouldn't say he's just a manager, or, I'm sure he does both. Whereas obviously sometimes you just get people as managers or whatever, but for me, he's, he's done everything Arsenal have needed and probably not got as much recognition for it mm. because they've not won, well, they've won FA Cup or whatever, but they've not won. The big league. ones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or. Yeah, yeah. They've only just got back into Champions League football and stuff. But I think with what he was dealing with, probably two or three managers worth of players, some players that didn't fit into his um, thought or his ethos or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And I think he's had a great mentor, hasn't he, in Pep as well, where he's gone and worked under him at Man City. It looks like he's learning them things now from what he did working under him to the Arsenal team, the way that they press the intensity, like the football, yeah, it, you can see it all, and it takes time as well. You like what we're seeing managers now is we're seeing managers that are not given time, mm. and there's there's been like harsh decisions made where oh we need to make a change, it's not working. Arsenal have got a plan. Do you remember a few years ago he, he had a, a do or die game against exactly. Norwich? Didn't exactly, he? That. they got off to an awful start, and they were playing Norwich, and if he had lost it, he was gone. Yeah, they had, they had, they had, the fans had two, uh, t-shirts. I'll yeah. set her out. Bonkers, isn't it? I, I, to be honest, I, I'm not an Arsenal fan, but even from day one, I could see that they needed to... It's the same with Ten Hag. It's probably the same with Pochettino. You've got to give some managers time because he went in there, like Phil said, and he got rid of Aubameyang, Ozil, a couple of others. Massive, big, yeah, big calls, influence yeah, players. Yeah, yeah, got yeah. Piers Morgan calling you out because he loves Aubameyang. <laughs> and, you know, he's, he's made big calls. They play good football. They've got a young team. They've been in two title races. Um, he's an advert for actually probably giving managers time. The Arsenal must be also fans must be thinking Una Emery, right? Yeah, he was literally yeah. given what months, weeks, or whatever, and he's obviously went back mm-hmm. to Spain, did fantastic, and the job he's doing at Aston Villa, yeah, same again. Wow. But in modern football now, it's not it's panic buttons getting hit more like that rather than everyone just leaving it to the side and let it roll out because they want instance, now. Instance, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they want but, it now. Yeah. But that's not always the not. Well, it won't happen. It's not a magic genie. It's not a magic lamp yeah. you can rub and it and it comes off. And, and they've done well, and they're absolutely flying. And they, and they seem to be backing the players. He, he has his his players, all his players, yeah. and you can see that even the ones I seen him cuddling um, El Nani, who's, who's probably played about twenty minutes. Do you know, like yeah. El, so it's just you can see the the bonds. But there. he's on board. El Nani's on board, and he's yeah. not playing. And that shows you again. It's always easy managing the lads that are playing every game. Yeah. It's the ones that aren't yeah. are the tough ones because we like when you're not playing, you're not. You're never happy, are you? Well, you shouldn't be. But there's that togetherness that we're talking about, that he's created that. As the manager, he's created them being together. You're not playing, but I'm still going to treat you the same as the ones that are playing. I'm going to look after you. I'm going to respect you. And and they they look like they've just got a real togetherness and a a great chance of possibly winning the league. It's going to be exciting. I think the the end of the season for them 
it's going to be really close and exciting. We love this. Um, right, we're going to talk about one of your former teammates, Johnny Stones, and his lovely free role that he's got in Man City at the minute. Um, before we move on, though, um, Mikel Arteta, would you swap him for Ten Hag today? Right now, if you had the opportunity, Ten Hag or Mikel Arteta? That's not how you support a team, Ben. You've got to stick with your manager. Once if he could bring a couple of mates with him from Arsenal, would if he you? he brings Saka, Saliba and Rice, let's I'm going to send some of the other yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Who would you send the other way? Johnny Stones then, Phil, um, first of all, take it back to the Everton days, yeah? yeah? Obviously a lovely ball-playing yeah. central midfielder. Um, learn central learn, defender, learn from a good partnership. Learn, learn from the best. Yeah, um, yeah, could you see him going on to be this kind of, this almost playing like a CDM kind of role? He, he was, so, so, so Rio was the... The ball playing at yeah, half that yeah. I and and sort of that generationally watched someone who was really comfortable, wanted the ball, potentially could play in midfield, mm. would 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 look good on the ball, and John was that. John yeah. was a new version of that. Was Rio his idol? Um, possibly Barnsley lad. I'd imagine there's not too many other ones yeah, they've probably yeah, been watching, yeah. so he would have been. And then yeah. same again when he came in, the issue he had is his defensive part of his brain wasn't the, the, the first thought process. Yeah. It was. Like the, the the elegance and all sorts, and when you're playing, especially in the team we played in, we were, you know, we'd have to grind out games and all sorts. So, I won't say struggle, I won't say struggle, but there were certain times when he probably took unnecessary risks. Risk, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's different if you're if yeah. you're doing, if you're taking risks and doing a Cruyff or playing out from the back, he may have been super comfortable doing it, mm. but the people in and around him may not be. And the fans so now, weren't. The fans yeah, weren't. No, exactly. Times, yeah. So yeah. he's now turned. He's passed a lovely ball. He's done everything right, but now. He's passed the ball, and that the person he's passed to is not ready. Yeah. So in a fact, in in a way, he's stitched him up. Yeah. He hasn't. Yeah. But because he's not expecting, that's not our pattern or our shape of our way we're playing. Now the central midfield is sort of not even looking the right way to even receive the ball. He gets tackled. They're gonna have a shot on goal. John gets blamed because he's done the the right thing in. His head and yeah, going where's yeah, football, yeah, yeah, but yeah. not in the way that we're playing. In that now, Everton, in that Everton yeah, in that system, system, it's probably it's not. Probably, if it go out wide or maybe go forward to yeah. Fellaini or try and find a Pino on Osman, it's possibly don't either go back to your keeper, don't go into the holding midfield or whatever, miss them out, yeah. and less risk, if you like. And then fast forward five or six years and put him in that Man City system. Not only the Man City system, football evolved as yeah, well. Sure. So in most Premier League teams, he'd be okay, but put him in the Premier League team that wants to do that, he was fine, and then he had a, he had a purple patch, and then he and then he went off the ball a little bit, mm. couple of injuries, and then Pep decides he wants to try new things, and starts playing fullbacks inside as centre midfielders, and then when you think you can't get anything any different, now you've got a centre half, sometimes playing right back in a build up, but now ending up as a centre mid, and then possibly making inverted runs and playing striker. It's it's incredible, <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed watching John. And what I found funny again is normally when I've, I've seen John play that role, he sort of plays right side of either a two or the right, right back and pops in. At Bournemouth, he played left side, which was new. So I presume the, the players that obviously was Ake and Akanji were going to play either side of Diaz, they'd planned out basically that's the back three. And obviously John was given a free role and he took it to the extremes, didn't he? Because <laughs> I looked at his touch map and, he, and he's, he's, he's whipping balls in inside the six-yard box. So it was, it was really enjoyable to watch, though. Uh, are you glad you played football in the era where you did and you weren't asked to do anything like this? Oh, I hate it now. <laughs> I could be a right good player now. I'd love, I'd love to play now. A bit more freedom to I'd do just, that. Just, just because, yeah, but it's also trust, isn't it, in management with what Pep's giving John. He's giving him a licence. Yeah. 
but he's also giving him a trust of going, I, I believe you can do this, so go and show me. And it's like we talk about like the rotation in the final third with the Man City teams. They're actually doing it at the back. Oh, they're, they're rotating oh. at the back and he's allowing the defenders, isn't he, like to step in, leave them free, knowing that they can defend. Like Diaz, Aki, he believes in them as well, going 1v1, go on, I trust you, go and defend. So he's allowing like your Stones or your Akanjis to just step in with Rodri and play from there and then like your fullbacks coming in. It's yeah, it, it, it's an amazing style of football to watch. And it, But again, it's I think it's a trust and a belief in a player to go and do that. Do you know, it's like you say at Everton, if John's given that trust and belief that like they're going, no, 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 yeah, no, don't, don't, don't do that. I don't we just want, want it, you to do this. It. It's not, it's not, it wasn't wrong for us. Yeah. And John wasn't sort of wrong for wanting to do it, but sometimes it's just not. At that moment in time. And like I say, Pep, Klopp, they've been at the club where they're so comfortable and know what they're doing. Like Rodri, we can speak about Rodri, his role in John's freedom is massive again. So he probably plays in half more than, than John did. Yeah. Do you know, like filling in yeah. or even getting an angle of a pass, pass off Edison. But it's something John's role's not free where in our time a free role meant you had the laziest person who had the most ability. That yeah. was a that was yeah, a free was, role. Yeah, exactly so you, you had yeah. people who was way yeah. better than anyone else but just couldn't be bothered running around. Yeah. Where John's free role now isn't freezing like he's got no responsibilities. It's find yourself popping up in the right areas and do the right things. He plays a lot of one tour, one touch wall passes when he plays in midfield. He doesn't yeah. take loads of touches. But that's all Man City does. They, they lend him the ball, who's normally free, to then Look at what's going on, get it back, and then go somewhere else. Could could this then theoretically work for an England setup alongside Declan Rice? You haven't got enough time to put unless Pep's going to start taking over England and get them in on weekends to practice. It's not. It's something that's not. Can we do that? Can we? But is Gareth Southgate going to turn around yeah. in a big tournament and go, John? I want you to do what yeah. what you do. He wouldn't know how to tell him to do it. He wouldn't know. Then, how then who are you going to play alongside John? Like who who would be the centre half in that in that team? Yeah. So you tell me who the centre half would be. Exactly. Harry Maguire. Yeah. Possibly would be. I, I picked him. Yeah. Like, it would so be, then yeah. you're now isolating Harry right. and probably not one of his biggest strengths of yeah. having the whole pitch to, to defend one v one. And then who would be the right back? I think this right is. I think so you can't do it unless yeah. you can get unless you can get passports for Man City's defence <laughs> yeah. and change it and ask Pep to just be on the coaching staff for England. You can't. Maybe in five or six years' time, if the game develops again and this becomes more the norm and now Pep's probably bringing his striker to take goal kicks or do something mad yeah. by then do you know like we'll have to wait and see but it is specifically what Pep's a couple of other teams are doing the old inverted fullback you know Trent has been doing a little bit for Liverpool and things like that so other, other teams are trying different quirky little things but for whatever reason Pep's found something a little bit more special And, and I just, this, I just is think... the, this, is, this is the thing for me now is like Gareth got to be looking at our squad and going you look at Foden with yeah. what he's doing now and how informed he is, just let them in, let them show what they can do mm. and, and go and do it at your nation as just well. Just give them more freedom. You've got, you got to. Yeah. Got to. I think even if you don't play, even if you don't start people, we need, we should have plans B's, C's and D's now. Yeah. And we should, like, plan, and, 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 and one of them can be negative. We could be 1-0 up and we could be playing 12 centre-half. I don't care what, but what I'm saying is what's been levelled at, Southgate is not really he starts one way might be able to change it to a three rather than a four but there's not much we've got that much freedom and creative flair we should play two six two or something at some point because we've got that many people interchanging yeah. and no, or no formation it's basically we need a goal last 15-20 minutes we've got go on go and be brave but we've got like 700 million pounds worth of talent if you look at what's going forward if you don't but, win the Euros 
And as an yeah, England fan, you'll accept that. You'll accept that, uh, right, OK, we've lost, but we've gone for it. Yeah. We've had a go. Yeah. Whereas when you look at us, we just sit off and we go back and defensive. It's criminal, isn't he's it? He's a defensive and, and like, manager with so much talent, isn't he? That's the problem. There's well, so I, th- I, I think he's done a good job. It's always difficult yeah. because... You can't knock it, can you? It's, it's, it's tough because I've always said, like, internationally, you can try and pick form, and, but sometimes you do need, like... If someone's not been playing great for the for the um, normal team and then come internationally, but they've had the best chemistry ever, especially in defence or whatever in midfield, sometimes you'll go with it because it's going to work. Two players that are brilliant for their team separately aren't naturally or always going to play together well. They both might vacate the box. They both might come in deep. No, you've got to look at what works. And that's the hardest thing. But I think going forward, you can probably throw that away a little bit more and say, we can be a little bit more off the cuff. You know, you could play Kane, Rashford, and someone else up front. You could play one holding midfield, then you could play Foden, Grealish, whoever you want. Do you know, like, it's like, yeah, exactly, Bellingham, Bellingham, anywhere, and basically play four defenders and then let everyone else go on, go on, <laughs> go on. do what you want. But if that's what the game needs, because you're playing against a team that has had one shot on target and scored. Yeah. Do you know, it's different if you're playing against maybe a team that's, you know, maybe you wouldn't want to do it against Brazil, but in the day, if you. Obviously not, you always want to play. Uh, right, players, again, world-class lads, thank you. So we're going to talk about the relegation fight in the minute. Do you know what I feel, though? I worry that there's David Luiz is sat somewhere in Brazil thinking, oh, I was just ahead of my time. I was just five years ahead of my time. Put me in the Premier League now for Man City and I'll be able to pop it for fun is what he'd do. Um, right, Burnley, Sheffield United, one of your ex-teams. Um, the relegation fight, it's, um, it's looking pretty nailed on that it's going to be um, them two teams that are going to be going down. Uh, Mark, I just want to get your uh, opinion on um, Vinny Company and where he's got it wrong this season, basically. Well, I'm amazed he's still in a job and it's not nice to say people need the sack, but I just think Burnley are not Sheffield United or Luton in the sense that they don't have a Premier League pedigree. Like They were a bit of a team that would probably look to try and stay up and then build from that. Yeah. Um, Burnley only had one season out. Deitch kept him up for years and obviously company did fantastically well in the Championship, but he's done terribly in the Premier League. They don't score goals. They've, they've lost more games than they had when they were relegated. Mm. So I, I'm, I'm confused as to why Burnley are just constantly, we don't want to change it, we don't want to change it, which in one way is good, but I look at it and I go, well, it doesn't work. What he's trying to do doesn't work. He hasn't got the players to do it. And actually, Luton have sort of found a way out. And you're only, I mean, Burnley are only 10 points away from being in a bit of a fight. And I think, you know, they're not getting any points. They're losing every week. So if they changed it around Christmas and brought in a coach that maybe could get them more tight at the back, nick a couple of goals, you might graft a couple of results out. So I'm surprised they haven't changed it. I presume they go down, they play the same football again and they have a go in a couple of years. Because I'll come back up again. Yeah, but I, I, I find it really weird. It's, I, I, the fact that he's never under any pressure, I don't know whether he's because it's Vincent Company, ex-Man City, doesn't really seem to get any pressure on him. You look what happened with the Sheffield United coach, he was, he, he, they got rid of him by Christmas, didn't they? But they're just... I'd, I'd actually say at the moment I'd predict Sheffield United to win a game more than Burnley, which yeah. says a lot about Burnley yeah. and 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 this big. They came. We spoke about them at the start of the season. They were meant to be a team that we thought, oh, mid-table, they'll they'll adapt really well. And it's been a complete and utter failure. It's baffling. Um, Robbo, if you were if you were a senior player in that Burnley defence and you're getting pummeled week in week out, does there come a point where you're going to have to say to not only the manager but the other players around you, lads, come on? Let's just keep it simple today, yeah? Nothing silly. We ain't trying to overplay. We ain't trying to be expansive because we're getting battered. We're getting overran and we're losing week in, week out. We're the ones that are getting made to look like a bunch of plonkers, basically, yeah? Is that a conversation that you'd, you'd have to have eventually? 
I think privately you've got to have conversations with the way that the team's playing at the moment, but they are, they're making silly mistakes. I mean, even when you look at the red card at the weekend, it's oh. it's a strange ball into the midfield player that's not even expecting the ball. Yeah. So you're on the back foot straight that's away now. You're down to 10 point, men. Yeah. You're away at Palace, new manager in charge. They're going to come at us. Mm. We've got to deal with it. And for me, I think, like you say, it's... It's a style of football the manager wants to play and you don't question the manager. Yeah. You try and get on with it. You try and help as a captain. You're trying to encourage players to do the right things. Um, again, Burnley are not attracting the players that are going to maybe keep them in the Premier League because they're competing against top top teams every week. Yeah. It's like Mark saying there, when you're talking about your Lutons and your Sheffield Uniteds, they find a way of getting points. Burnley at the moment, they're not finding ways. They're, they're making silly errors. And they're playing an open style of football, which the manager wants, that doesn't suit maybe the players that are playing in that team. So it's hard, I think, is like you say, if you're captain in that team, it's you're trying to stay as positive as you can, but you're also it's hard work, that isn't it? Yeah, it's hard work, but you're also your confidence is getting knocked week in, week out because you are conceding silly goals, yeah. and you are in a team that's losing all the time. It's very difficult. Um, as a former Sheffield United player, Phil, what's it like watching them this season? It's been tough. I think. We... We knew it was going to be tough. We, they sold the two Sanderbergs and all of a sudden yeah. Edelman and Dyer got, got transferred in the summer. And it's always difficult. You can always buy players for certain amounts of money, but until you can buy trusted, proven Premier League players that are, you know you know what you're going to get, you have to sort of dip your toe in the market of hopefully they'll be okay. And as soon as you start going hopefully, it's, it's difficult. And, and like I say, they, they can't attract the people they want to and you're trying to build. And it's momentum. Premier League, especially when you're coming up as a pr promoted team or someone that's expected to be down there, it's momentum. Either way, you get on that momentum where you're winning games, brilliant. You'll, you'll nick the the 90 yeah, minute wins. Last minute, yeah. You do the other ones where you get on that when you can't, you just you can't see it. Every pass goes astray at the wrong time. The goalkeeper drops when it goes through his legs. The defender tries to cry falls. It just seems to happen that yeah. way. And with with Sheffield, that's been the season, all season. They changed the manager. They, they sort of knew it was going to come. But it's, it's a point, again, so Sheffield and Burnley are possibly going to be, well, probably going to be relegated. Yeah. Ten, eight games to go, pretty much guaranteed or whatever. So it's how they decide what they're going to do for next season. And it's all about gaining momentum then for next season. If you go down and everyone hates the club, doesn't want to come in, or you, you're losing 10-0 every week, well, by the time you come back pre-season, you're probably going to get relegated yeah, again. The rot set yeah, Exactly. Yeah. So you now have to find a way to sort of pretend the relegation's not really happened and yeah. build for next season. I think that's probably what Burnley's motto is, mm. is, well, if we stick to how we're going to play, even though most people will say it's wrong mm. and this should have adjusted in some way, this will work next season. And it's crazy because you're still in this season. Yeah. But you're probably not going to be able to affect this season. Yeah. So you now know that you've got 16, 18 of these players that are going to stay next season and play for you in the Championship. And he will back himself that that team will do something very similar to what the team did last season. I don't think it's the right way of doing it, but that can be the only way. So if they sack company or whatever now and they get someone else in with new philosophies, they're going to have to get a new team again. It's a complete restart. And then the company's proved that he can win the championship. So he's got, a, he's got that as a, as a proven record. He's not proven to any of us yet that he can manage in the Premier League. But it seems like that doesn't really seem to matter for the, for the Burnley situation. As for Sheffield, they, they obviously they got rid of Hecky and, and, and put Chris back in charge and they'll want something similar. They'll want to see something between now and the end of the season. Hopefully enough wins to stay in the Premier League. It's probably not going to happen. But if not, they want to see the desire and the drive that when they start next season, 
they expect them never to be out of the top six. Yeah. Um, and who's going to uh, be going down with them, lads? I want a, I want a little prediction from all of you. So What's happening with these FFP things? Yeah. Nobody, knows. There, Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Everton could get hit. But again, Forest could get hit, should get hit, will get hit probably. Um, so we're talking Luton, Everton, Forest, and possibly, possibly Brentford. Probably they'll have enough. But who do you think is going to be going down with them, lads? Robbo? Um, I think I'd say Luton. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd say Luton. Even though the amount of problems Everton have had with obviously their points deduction and possibly another one, I just still think they've got that fighting. It depends on the points that they're given us, yeah, sure. but at the moment with their fighting spirit and the squad that they've got, Everton, I think they just have enough. Yeah, over Luton. Mark. Forest. Yeah, I agree. I knew yeah. it because you yeah, know they're going to get yeah. points. You know they're going to get points taken. They're going to they're get points deducted, yeah. I think. And also, Luton were real. I've seen Luton play against all the big teams at home, and they are good, like Ross yeah, They're in a game, really aren't they? Good. They're Charles always in a game. Um, Gibbs White could keep Forest up. He's a fantastic player, but yeah, I think I think Forest might go, yeah. Anyone other than Everton. I don't really care, to be fair, to be honest. But it's going to be difficult. If there is point deductions or points being given back or blah, 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 that will ultimately play, I think, will, will be the difference. Will be the one. So if, if Everton get more points taken off him or if they get some back, they're more taken off mm. and Forrest gets some taken off him. If that happens, Forrest are massively in the mixer. Yeah. And how how, do, how does that squad react to that? Yeah, sure. To the moment, it's OK playing, knowing that if you lose one, you're still outside. But when you either start inside or, it's gap, the, yeah, yeah. or you play that team or... You kick off two hours later and you know that Everton have won, or two hours later and Hull, uh, uh, Luton have won. It, 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 it's it's totally different. Does your head, doesn't exactly. It? So, as exciting as the title t- um, obviously race will be, if the points deduction uh, uh, comes into here, this is going to be one hell of a. I end think of it's season. horrible. I mean, Everton did brilliantly with it, didn't they? And they got it at right time. But apparently, they might be getting four back now. I heard last week. But Everton. Yeah, they might be getting four back. Oh. But. It's harsh on any team to get a ten-point deduction at this time, isn't it? I don't. I don't understand how the deduction can be given if if it's going to be taken back. Like, I don't. Like, like I can't. I can't. It must have been a really, really big decision to give the deduction. Yeah, they must so, be sure. Yeah. They so what I'm saying really is, sure. it's literally 100. percent It's not. I tell you what, we'll do it because we're 80 percent sure. And if, if, <laughs> yeah, if, 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 yeah if, and if they don't really come back to us, we, we, we've done it. And same again, if that's the case, um, Forrest openly. Signed half of the world <laughs> in two transfer windows. They they would have been okay. They just didn't go under the radar. They basically just put a big spotlight themselves yeah. to basically please come and investigate us because we've signed this many players, haven't they? Mm. So that's why they're probably in, in trouble. They are. But it's it's interesting. And that's credit to Dyche, though, isn't it, with the job that he's done? Yeah, like he did at Burnley at Everton because a lot of teams when they get a point deduction they go. Well, it's yeah. an excuse. Isn't it? Yeah, it's an excuse. And they got it early doors. Yeah, didn't they? they got it early doors. But, but like you say, it's you get that and you get hit. You're like as a team, you're like, oh, for God's sake, here we go. But yeah. like, he motivates. He gets the team rallied, and you look at the players there. They got a great togetherness, and they've got the points back, and now they're in a real good position. They could get another four back again, like yeah. you're saying. Nice, but when you look at Forest at the weekend against Villa, they just look. Like, we're well, same again. Everton have struggled in the Premier League recently. Take 10 points off every one of their last two or three seasons. Yeah. And they're on like 20, 20 odd points. So it's not like it's a team that's been getting 40, 50, 60 points in the Premier League mm-hmm. and you're taking 10 points off. You're taking up probably like nearly a third of the points they've, they've amassed over the cup, or probably a quarter if I was probably. For the last three or four, yeah. You know what? yeah. It's not like not 10% of the points. Yeah. Not getting 100 points a season. So that's why it makes such a big difference. And that's why I was bamboozled it was 10 points if he'd have said 3, 5, yeah. 4 initially you'd have been like okay I understand now you've got to make a decision that there's got to be a punishment but 
10 points to a team that's been oh. struggling is... Normally, yeah. that, it's normally game over. Yeah, well, if you go into administration, over. you get nine points. So basically, if a club can't run properly, you get nine points. Should have done so that. It, no, that's what I'm saying. Should should have done that yeah, but it doesn't. It doesn't make any any sense. Yeah, but that makes sense. Um, right, quiz. You ready, you lot? Yeah. Oh dear. What's your football knowledge like? <laughs> we'll soon see. Will right. we? <laughs> <laughs> Right, quiz time. Uh, you might have noticed Jamie is not on the sofa today because we've got four guests, so he's behind the camera. We'll get the little question pop up at the bottom. Uh, Jags, as this is your first time, we are breaking your quiz virginity. Um, basically, it's fastest finger first. Jamie's going to ask a question. Ten questions. Shout out. If, if you get there first, you get the point. Sweet as Do you get any points deducted for the wrong answer? No. Brilliant, so I can... Oh, no, they just jump in. But you've only got one chance. You've only got one chance. If I don't know, I can just... Ruin it for the rest of you, no? Um, or give you time or work as a team. No, you're, you're not allowed to say anything. If you say the wrong answer, that's it. You're out of the question. Okay. Let's go, Jay. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> he really likes quizzes. I can tell. <laughs> He's going to ban me if I don't do well. <laughs> he really likes quizzes. And don't beat him because Okay. Right. <laughs> I'm top of the league. I'm fine. Question one. Apart from the English, what is the nationality with the most players represented in the Premier League so far? Spanish. No. French. No. What? Oh, we're not doing British, are we? Like, no, okay. no, no, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. <sighs> Portuguese. No. I was going to say that. Are we all back in? Bravo no, said no. one. Bravo said no, 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 not said anything. Oh, yeah, but... Five. I'm just looking at Chelsea's squad. Four. Country. Three. Brazilian. Correct. <laughs> Boom. Uh, Brazilian. Brazil. Brazil have got 34 players. Uh, France with 27 and Republic of Ireland with 25. Didn't know that. Now. What, it was Premier League history? No, this season. Oh, this right. season. season? Oh, I'd have known it was Brazil then. <laughs> <laughs> Question two. Nil, 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 nil. Who was the manager of Luton before Rob Edwards? <laughs> oh, yeah, God, of course it is. Nathan Jones. Nathan Jones. <laughs> yes, correct. Still, I wasn't even listening. Still nil, 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 nil. I wasn't even listening then because you were... Th- Hey, hey focus on the fucking questions. That's not that my shambles, problem. Jay. I don't mind it. I, yeah, yeah. Robo, you got the answer right, but you're getting no points. <laughs> <laughs> a minus. I completely forgot. I'm sorry. Right, score update. One, one, one nil, nil. Well done. Question three. Which EFL club are known as the Tractor Boys? It's rich. Just give me one. Jack-y-o-fia. I can sit back and relax though. Who's not got one? I get all nervous. Three of us at the time. So, Still nil, 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 nil. <laughs> <laughs> question four. It's a who am I question. So just wait until I finish and then you've got a guest to play I have played over 500 games in the Premier League but never won the league. I ended my career at LA Galaxy and I've also won... Roy Keane, Roy Keane, Roy Keane, Roy Keane. He said Roy Keane! <laughs> <laughs> so be quiet now because no, I'm trying to hear the rest of the question. Because I said wait till the end. Yeah. So, so, so he's out. He's out. He's still on nil. He's still on nil. So it's not Robbie Keane? No. I have played over 500 games in the Premier League but never won the league. I ended my career at LA Galaxy and have also won the Scottish Premiership as a manager. Scottish Premier League. Steven Gerrard! Correct! Yes! Yes, Jags. He's better than you. Fuck me. You're in trouble. (sighs) I was going through them all, I was thinking. uh, I still wouldn't have got that. I still wouldn't have got that. That's good. That's good, that one. Yeah. One, one, two, nil. Who's on nil? Ben. <laughs> Question five. Can you name one of the four teams with the most defeats in the Premier League season? Sheffield United. Direct. 29. Come on. Derby would have been a good one. Derby, would have been there. Derby, Sunderland and Ipswich Town. Yeah, all on 29. 29. Yeah. 29 out of 30. Yeah, stanky. Oof. 
question six. Career path question. I have played for Nantes, Marseille, Bordeaux loan, Juventus, Chelsea, Valencia. I have played for Nantes, Marseille, Bordeaux loan, uh, Juventus, Chelsea and Valencia, and I'll give you a clue, they have also won the World Cup as a player and a manager. Deschamps. I thought it was Deschamps. Deschamps. Yes. Why did you get a clue for? A clue for? We didn't want a, a, a clue. Well, that's my <laughs> era. I got a bit pressured by Tom who came over and pointed at my thing, so... 2-2-1-1. Two, yeah. two, one, one. Did he hear Deschamps? <laughs> Darn it. The water carrier. Wow. That's what Cantona called him. Did he? Wow. Don't, well, I don't know what it is. can say what he wants. This means he's yeah, he a bit, bit boring, wasn't he? Question seven. Oliver Glasner is set to become the second Austrian to manage in the Premier League. Hasenhutl. Ranjik. Hasenhutl. Come on! Ranjik. Come on there! Ranjik is Austrian. He's German. Yes, yeah. he is. Managing yeah. Austrian. I was going to say, good day, mate. That's what I was looking for. The wrong answer is Hasenhutl, yeah! That's not Austrian, that's German. That's the matter. It's not How many questions is there, by the way? There's ten questions. Okay, what are we on at the moment? Two, four, six, seven questions done. Yep, we've got three left. Um, what scores on the board? Two, 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 one. Two, 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 one. No, no, minus. no, no. I'm on minus. <laughs> <laughs> Question eight: Which former Wolves midfielder is a is a record signing for a Championship team? Neves. Neves, correct answer. Jags. Shouldn't have said that yeah. fucking yeah. first name. Someone said Breves. <laughs> I know I said Breves. Yeah. Neves. I was a bit Neves. Yeah. To be fair, if you took it because you got the full title, but no, nah, we don't. Okay. No, nah, first. I'll take first. first, thing first. Wow. Thanks. There we go. Three, two, two, one. The newbie, the guest is winning. Yep. This is unheard of. <laughs> Get put on the leaderboard. <laughs> Question nine. Who was the first player ever to be sent off in a Champions League final? Layman. Correct. Jens Layman. That's really 2005 good. Really, really good. After Arsenal. 20 I only read it this well. I would not have got that. I was asked a question about it the other day. Who um, who got bought off? Um, I was doing the Wolves bring... game yesterday. That's why I got nervous. <laughs> 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 it's amazing how it happens, isn't it? Yeah. Who, who who was brought off to bring Armenia on? Which player? Oh, is it Henry? Oh. Nope. Uh, Senderos. Nope. Was it attack? Well, no. Was Pires. 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 Yeah. Bobby Pires. Pires. Why does he mean They'd that? have won that final as well. Probably. Does, does ben, no, ben doesn't get a point for that, does he? No. no he I should, should get. It's the last question. <laughs> three, three, two, two, three for Mark, eight, two nine. For ben, last question. Take it to the tiebreak. We take it to the tiebreak. Come on, Robbo. Stop, stop, Ben, from winning. Final question. At what club were Ashley Cole and Francisco Totti teammates? Why do I do here? He's a very, very good player for me. I thought he said Ashley Young. No. So, so I won the quiz. I'll take you on the quiz. Jags have won with three points. 
Yeah, he's on the leaderboard. That was a bad quiz this week, Jay. Bad quiz. Bad quiz this week. Didn't enjoy that one. I really enjoyed the start to the quiz when, when Rob Hill got it. Got minus <laughs> point. Yeah. Yeah. That knocked your confidence out there, didn't yeah. it? Go on, you read that, did Even the second one knocked your confidence He's saying the next question. He's going Luton. Edwards. Edwards. Jones. Stay focused. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. There you go, Phil. Well done, mate. Thank you. Thank you. On his maiden voyage, John, the football felon, he goes and wins the quiz and you take home a prize of... Um, well done. Okay, well done. <laughs> stop, stop on the leg. Thanks. Cheers. Um, that's a football felon. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next week.